Welcome back, everybody, to episode 16 of This Week in Japan, presented by Ryu Tokyo. Coming to you live from Lopongi, Tokyo, I'm your host, Julian Demansky, and joining me, as always, is my co host and founder of Ryu Tokyo, Yasuharu Matsuno. Hey guys, welcome back. Unfortunately, the situation in Japan is getting a bit chaotic again because of the corona, but I hope you're well and enjoy our show as always. Today is July 24th, and in this episode, we're going to be discussing the following big news stories. Controversies arise over the Olympics being held in Japan next year. Caesarea readjusts its prices to reduce the spread of germs. A black owned anime studio, Diarch Stadio, animates the weekend's Snow Child music video. Actor Haruma Miura tragically passes away at the age of 30, and an 80 year old grandma fights off a wild bear. This Thursday, Japan set the single day record for new cases of coronavirus with 981. The capital city Tokyo alone reached 366 cases in a day, which is the highest number since the beginning of the outbreak. This marks the 15th day in a row with over 100 cases. With cases rising once again, citizens and even some government officials are raising their doubts about the likelihood of the Tokyo Olympics and Paralympic Games being held next summer. In a nationwide poll conducted over telephones, data showed that less than a quarter of citizens are wanting the Games to be held next summer as planned. 36.4% of those surveyed wanted to postpone the Games and 33.7% want to see the Games cancelled altogether. Tokyo Governor Koike Yuriko has stated that the priority of Japan should be taking on the virus with all of our efforts in order to ensure an on-schedule Olympics. While citizen support seems to be low, Japan's Prime Minister Abe Shinzo is remaining firm in his support of the current schedule. Despite several proposals that would further extend the Olympics, Prime Minister Abe insists that there is only one year. With Japan's economy in a recession due to the coronavirus, Japan's central government seems to have no choice but to move ahead with the Olympics for the sake of the economy. So yeah, just reading through this story, it's kind of crazy to think that the Olympics would have actually started yesterday had the original plan got ahead, right? Mm. Yeah, currently the plan for the Olympics next year is to start on July 24th, 2021, mm. which is exactly one year from today. Do you remember what it was like a year ago? Like, uh, did you apply for any like Olympics tickets? I don't know. I don't remember anything pre pre Corona. It seems like another another, another lifetime away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that's the problem, right? So I was just like, um, you know, looking through some uh, emails uh, oh. from last year, and I just found um, one email, like uh, which I exchanged with my my family. Sure. And which is about the the Olympics tickets. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. About a year ago, I applied for the lottery of the Olympics tickets, and I especially wanted to get the tickets for the opening ceremony. Mm. And many many people did, obviously. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and uh, there are hundreds of thousands of people waiting before me mm. uh, on the you know online reservation system. So yeah, I had to keep the browser screen open for hours just to apply for the tickets. Mm. But, uh, you know, even with all those efforts, um, you know, none of my family members won the tickets for the opening ceremony. Yeah, that's that's how popular Olympics was uh, until the, the outbreak of, of Corona. You know, everyone was anticipating. Mm. But now it's completely gone. And, you know, when you think about it, what a change in just one year. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of a monumental loss for the economy, right? Um, but yeah, I wanted to get tickets for the opening ceremony. I'm not really even into the sports, to be honest. Mm. <laughs> I wasn't really, there was nothing I really wanted to see, but the opening ceremony is always amazing. Right. Right. So 
I was definitely down for that. But the odds of getting a ticket were so low, it was ridiculous. But I think I think having the lottery system was the fairest way to do it, right? Because otherwise rich people would just buy the tickets if they were super expensive. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can understand where the government is coming from. You know, from the start, I've always understood their main goal is to keep the country moving, right? Mm-hmm. And the country needs money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we spoke about this last week with such a drastic drop in uh, foreign visitors coming to the country. Uh, the last month, it was like 2,600 or something, uh, down from like the expected like 40 million they were hoping to get this year. Mm. It's a crazy loss for the economy. I don't know, but there's, there's no, I guess there's no other real way to save it, is there? I mean, you're, you're a businessman, Yasu. Can you think of a better way to save the economy than holding the Olympics? I, I'm no expert in viruses, but I would say maybe like a hold the, if they are really adamant to hold the Olympics next year, mm. then maybe like do it without any like audience. Mm. I would say that's the best way. Mm. I think I, I think we mentioned this on a previous episode as well. Fly all the athletes here, social distance them, get them here two weeks early, they can quarantine, make sure that the, the athlete's village where they all stay is quarantined. And then, yeah, then they should be able to participate as normal, right? Because if they've all been together for mm. for two weeks beforehand, you know, training and all that kind of stuff. Right. Then what's the problem televising it, you know? You think, like, statistically, how few people actually get to go to the games in the first place. Mm-hmm. Most people were going to be watching it on TV anyway. Right. So is it that much different? I guess from the athlete's point of view, the, you know, the lack of crowd is quite demoralizing, mm-hmm. I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. But even probably for them, it's better than like not having like any of those any of those sports games, right? Of course, yeah. I mean, how many of them have spent you know years of their life training for exactly. this moment, right? Yeah. A lot of athletes only get one Olympics. You know, it's not. I think maybe a misconception is that like you think uh, someone wins a medal and they just they're like they're in the Olympics for the rest of their career, right? Mm-hmm. But they have to like earn that spot every time right yeah and it takes like an immense amount of physical and mental mm-hmm. concentration and strain to earn that place on the olympic team for whatever sport that it is so yeah for all these people now they're obviously devastated that they can't do it but i imagine they've just got their mind focused on a, you know it's a, it's a minor setback but they'll just focus on next year maybe they're just going to pretend like it's going to be fine even if they mm. know it's not because mm. otherwise how can you stay focused for that long you know yeah keeping the motivation yeah it's crazy Mm. uh for for the initial like plan for the olympics this year actually the tickets were already sold like Mm. before uh like august last year Mm. and i think they started selling like last april or may Mm. so that's that's kind of the lead time you need like uh beforehand in order to like roll out this kind of uh like massive like operation Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember getting the emails from, it was about May last year, yeah. Because mm. I, I also set up an account to apply for the opening ceremony. Oh, okay. Um, but, yeah, that was a while ago. Um, yeah, and, you know, from tomorrow, we have less than a year until mm. the, the Olympics for, you know, next year, right? Exactly, yeah. And they haven't even started, like, selling tickets. Like, they don't even know, like, how many seats they can sell. mm or, you know, how much, like, social distancing that they would need. Or, you That's know, it, like, yeah. what are, like, preventative measures they need to take. Like, they have no idea yet. Yeah, that's it. I mean, society is not back to normal yet. 
So like, how can we hold like the world's biggest event? Okay, so let's move on to our second story of the week. The popular Italian food chain store Saizeria is well known in Japan for its cheap meals and is a popular location for many looking for some affordable pasta and pizza. However, the restaurant has just recently announced a complete change in all of their prices. Before you panic though, the price has primarily been changed by only one yen. The sudden price change is actually not to increase Saizeria's profits, but to reduce the movement of coins. The new price brings many of their menu items up to an even number ending in 0 or 5. Some items such as rice, garlic bread and focaccia have even gone down in price to accommodate this change. The pizzas and pastas that were 399 yen are now 400 yen, allowing them to easily be paid in full with just 4 coins, reducing the need to hand back a 1 yen coin to the customer. Because Saizeria's prices are after tax, the previous listed price of 399 yen was the final price. By reducing the number of interactions with coins, Saizeria is hoping to counter the spread of the coronavirus. Coins are notorious for being some of the most passed around and germ-ridden items that a person can carry. By simplifying the pricing system, Saizeria has eliminated the need for having many small and potentially germ-covered coins rattling around in your pocket after enjoying some pasta or pizza. Do you think this is the most effective anti-corona uh, <laughs> method we've seen so far, Yasu? I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure if it's actually effective in terms of the you know preventative measures. Mm. Um, yeah, for the corona. But I do prefer the rounded numbers uh, from from before. Like rather than like three hundred ninety nine yen. Yeah, I know what you yeah, mean. Yeah. It's it's better if it's like four hundred, right? Yeah, I've always been against like ninety nine kind of prices. Yeah, it's a bit annoying. I'm sure you've noticed um, after living in Japan for a while, mm. but. Uh, so many services or products are um, like priced slightly less than the rounded numbers. Yeah. So like instead of like uh, 400 yen, 399, um, instead of like, let's say like 20,000 yen, it's priced at like 19,000, like 800 yen. Yeah, yeah. Or something like that. And we even have a special way of reading these, these numbers. Did oh, you really? Know? For example, if it's like 198 yen mm. or 1980 yen, we call it Ichikupa. Ichikupa? Ichikupa. Kupa. Yeah, and it, it, it's a, like kind of an abbreviation of like Ichi, Q, and Hachi. Oh, okay. Uh, Ichi is one, yeah, and Q, Q is nine, and Hachi is eight. Wait, right? wait, pa. Interesting. Uh, th that's like yeah, shortening the, the Hachi, you know. Oh, okay. And we just call it the Pa. Right, Ichikupa. Uh, oh, okay. Ichikupa. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And also, like, uh, if it's say like uh, 398 yen or 3,980 yen, or it could even be like uh, 39,800 yen, we call it Sankupa. Sankupa. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So there are like so many prices that end with either like eight or mm. nine. So the pat is kind of like eight zero at the end, basically. Yeah. Or oh. uh, eight, eight. You know. Or 800, can that work as well? Yeah, it can uh, end with 800 or it could end with like 8,000. Interesting. So if it's like, I don't know, like 30,800, can you say like Samman Pa? <laughs> Does that work? Um, no. No. Because uh, these words are to describe these like, uh, you know, unique, like mm. uh, special like uh, prices. Sure. Um, yeah. Are they used like in advertisements? Like instead of saying the price, they say like, "Oh, it's like yes, yes, like yeah. thank you, but right, right." Oh, okay. So if you're watching the um, what to call like 
television shopping show. Sure. Yeah, like they say, like, oh, okay, so this item is, you know, only for uh, today. It's kippa. Uh, you know? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've never, like obviously, yeah, yeah. never watched one of those in Japanese before, but right. that's, that's interesting. Mm. You know, I, I always thought, like, this is kind of ridiculous mm. because it's like a... It's like a trick, right? Of course, yeah. It's yeah. mind games, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think too many people in Japan are tricked by these like manipulated numbers, so mm. to say. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, if this method in the future is effective to you know reducing spread of coronavirus. I'm mildly skeptical. I would say instead of just using coins, just tell people they have to use credit cards or contactless payment. Um, a lot of people have like, you know, Apple Pay, you know, on their phones, or like Google Pay, especially in like the last two years, I'd say, like electronic payments have become really popular in Japan, or they're becoming much more common, right? So I don't think it would be out of a question to say to people, you know, given the circumstances, you know, we're not accepting coins anymore. Do you think that would be too outrageous for Japanese people? I think most people would have no issues because um, we're used to using wireless payment cards for, Mm. you know, riding a train or, you know, any kind of like public transportations. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, one uh, one place I went to recently, which everyone's heard of, McDonald's, right? They've got this app now, which I don't know if they have in every country, but I was just in the restaurant and I saw that they had the app, so I downloaded it. And actually, you can just order the food while you're on your way to the restaurant and you pay, pay through the app. So when you get there, you just pick it up, which is great. So maybe some of these big chains can start implementing that. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems, seems like a more logical solution than just reducing the number of coins. Of course, yeah. <laughs> but like, I'm personally more interested in like whether this would be a, kind of a wake up call for mm-hmm. Japanese people to stop using the the like sankyupa or itsukupa. <laughs> you know, rather like go for the the rounded numbers. Because yeah. I, I think that's more, like, honest, you know? <laughs> I guess, yeah, I, I see what you mean. But I guess it depends on the product, right? But I guess really only time will tell. So uh, mm. maybe we can update you guys in the future um, and see if people are willing to change their stubborn ways and get rid of the cash. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's move on to our third story of the week. This Wednesday, the artist The Weeknd released the music video for his new song, Snowchild, off of his most recent album, After Hours. The video shows the weekend Abel Tesfe walking around snow-covered towns, neon cities, and dark deserts in what is a retrospective on his career. The video was created by the anime studio D-Art Studio. This studio is the first black-owned anime studio in Japan. Originally founded by brothers Arthel and Darnell Issam and Henry Thurlow back in 2016, the studio has since been able to work on several animated shorts. However, their collaboration with The Weeknd will mark their biggest partnership yet. The studio is based out of Shinjuku in Tokyo and prides itself on bringing Western ideals of storytelling and art to Japanese audiences through traditional Japanese animation. After Hours is the fourth number one selling album from the Canadian-born singer and is currently the highest selling album in first week sales in 2020 so far. So I think the first thing we should talk about really, Asu, is how ridiculously hard it is to pronounce the name of this studio, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Stadio. Stadio. And uh, uh, Diart Stadio. The art stadio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's tough because um if it's just like stadio, the the pronunciation is more towards, you know, Japanese. Mm. So it's not that hard for me. 
But when it's combined with the art, that that's English mm. words. <laughs> so yeah, that's easy for yeah. me to the art. Yeah, studio. <laughs> yeah, if it's like either one, it's easy. But yeah, like the yeah. art studio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't roll off the tongue very easy. <laughs> mm. It's cool though. I lo- I like the name. Mm. Um, but you've got a little bit of a breakdown on the history, right? Of this uh, name, the origin. Yeah. So I didn't know about this studio until I saw the news. So I was, you know, checking out yesterday and found the interview video on Arthur Ison, uh, CEO and art director of uh, the art studio. Mm. And he was making some great points. But what was most interesting to me was the meaning behind the, the name of the studio. Oh, okay. Mm. And I think you noticed too, but it's actually not studio, but like studio right yeah and uh he explains that uh studio is a made-up word that combines the word studio mm. in japanese uh which is a term used for underpainting mm. and more generally a base or a foundation mm. so when it's combined with the english word studio mm. uh it becomes studio which means the foundation of art mm. so not just their name but their tagline is uh studio daiji Mm. And as you know, daiji means what? Oh, important. Right. So he says that no matter story writing or painting, you should always think about the base first. Mm. For example, like when you think of a character-driven story, you first need to think about the base of this character. Mm, You know, such as like where does he or she come from? Like what she stands for uh, before thinking about the design of the character. Mm. And when I heard him say this, like, I remember that, uh, you know, the author of uh, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Mm. like Hirohiko Araki. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he said almost the same thing. Mm. And um, Mr. Araki, before he starts drawing anything, he writes down a very detailed uh, background of a character, not just like name and age, but also like what kind of like voice he or she has. Mm. Uh, how good is his like eyesight? Mm. Like any injuries uh, he's got? Mm, like any awards received? Uh, whom does he respect? What is he afraid of? Like how's the relationships with his friends or mm. families? Where is his favorite restaurant? Mm. And like almost like everything that you can think of. Yeah. I was also like going through some comments on the YouTube video. Mm. And I found someone saying that it's either like him like uh, Arthel or uh, the Stagio uh, as a company, mm. they actually helped make uh, the fifth season of the, the JoJo's Bizarre Adventures anime. Oh, did they? Yeah. Go- oh, man. Go- Golden Wind. Wow. I'll be impressed because that yeah. animation is amazing. Yeah, it was epic. Yeah. yeah. So maybe it's no coincidence that like ah. uh, they have a very like similar way of like thinking or... Possibly, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just taking a brief diversion onto JoJo because it's incredible. But mm-hmm. yeah, that kind of like mindset of really getting to the base of the character before even designing them. I would say that like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure has some of the best characters, consistently good characters of yeah. any series, yeah. any series I've ever mm. watched or read. Because mm-hmm. there's, there's like new characters every episode as well, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they're mm-hmm. always amazing characters. Yeah. They're also even though they're always bad guys, right? Because you got <laughs> the, the main protagonist every. Uh, season mm-hmm. with like some kind of Jojo character right mm-hmm. um, and they're kind of like beating up all the other bad guys but all the bad guys are so good mm-hmm. and you'd mm-hmm. like you always like them so much right. even though they're trying to stop the main uh-huh. the hero right? uh-huh. 
and that makes sense. So yeah. it makes me kind of want to check out some work from uh, this studio. Yeah, you know, I, if they're kind of going with the same vibe. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, because I'm also a big, like, really big fan of like JoJo. Yeah, when when you see the the antagonists, you also notice that like the way you know Araxan like depicts those those characters, right? Mm. They are portrayed as like real like human beings. Yeah, you know, yeah. E- even though they're like uh, bad guys, like they are still like humans and they have like strength and like weaknesses yeah 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 and so yeah like many like jojo fans like don't just like uh jojos or the protagonists but mm. also the the antagonists yeah you know? yeah so it's it's great to see the first black owned studio uh, anime studio in japan it's pretty cool right it's a pretty mm-hmm. big deal um and it's great to see you know other kinds of people being able to break through in the scene getting more recognition for their for their talent their hard work. And I'm really interested to see, yeah, what, where they'll go in the future. Maybe if they'll be able to do like a whole series of something mm-hmm. instead of just kind of assisting. Um, but, you know, obviously all studios have like stepping stones, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody goes straight to like a full season of JoJo, for example. Right, right. <laughs> so onto some more somber news next. This Saturday, Japanese actor and singer Haruma Miura was found hanging by his manager in his Tokyo home in an apparent suicide. He was later confirmed dead at a nearby hospital. A suicide note was also found in his apartment. The longtime actor had just begun a music career last year and was slated to have several upcoming television appearances as well. Fans across the world shared their condolences on the web for the young star. Murasan was no stranger to the acting world. The child star from Ibaraki had been acting in roles from the young age of seven. His first big hit came when he starred in the film Koizora, in which he won the Newcomer of the Year award at the 31st Japan Academy Film Awards. In his free time, he was known to often share photos of his cooking to his Instagram story. Media speculation has tried to make a connection to online harassment and bullying as a possible cause of his death, similar to the recent incident with Hana Kimura. But close friends of the actor have denied those rumours. So this is another shocking story um, in the entertainment world, especially coming on the heels of Hana Kimura. Has there been any update as to kind of what led to his death? I, I don't think we know a lot of details yet. Mm. It's said that uh, he has left a suicide note, uh, you know, before his death, but um, it's not, like, disclosed. So. Uh, that's what I was curious about. Like, uh, mm. I mean, you know, obviously these kind of situations, they're very personal for the family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of emotions and, you know, it, it, there's a lot of, like, processes that you have to go through. Mm. not to like you know cause disrespect to people so right of course um, i'm sure the relevant information will come out when it's ready um mm. but it's still it's still quite new right um, this happened this week mm. so i'd imagine um probably first the police will have to you know go over everything first and you know, kind of determine exactly what happened mm. um i guess with these cases that are determined to be suicide they still have to look into it even if it seems like an a, you know open and closed case Mm. You know, there could be some kind of extenuating um, factors that co- caused, you know, things to happen. So, mm. Yeah, it's hard to describe this sense of loss. But about a year ago, I had a meeting with a person who composed a, a song for Amira. Mm. And uh, it's played, you know, millions of times on YouTube. Mm. And music video looks super cool. And I heard some, you know, stories during the recording, how the music video was made how nice of a guy Haruma was and etc. 
you know, I don't usually listen to a lot of um, Japanese pop music,、mm. but I downloaded the song on iTunes and I really liked it,、mm. you know. And what's surprising is that he's not a professional singer,、mm. but his main job is an actor.、Mm. But his singing is awesome too. Oh, wow. Okay. So, you know, he's, he's super talented at everything. So, all, all of a sudden, like, it's, yeah, it's like, why? <laughs> This kind of reminds me of、um, Heath Ledger. Do you remember that he played the Joker in The Dark Knight? Oh,、Night? yeah. And before the movie was released, right? He, he maybe killed himself on purpose or overdosed on drugs. It was a bit more,、oh, yeah. a bit more skepticism about whether it was intentional or not. But, It feels like a very similar kind of story. Like they were、mm. both kind of the same age, around 30,、mm. um, both up and rising. Because Heath Ledger, he'd been in some big movies, but after that movie, he was like one of the most recognizable mm. actors mm-hmm. in the world.、Mm-hmm. But, you know, he, he couldn't be in any more movies, right? So I don't know like, if it might be the case of, again, where you see somebody climbing the ranks, doing really well for themselves, becoming more and more popular. And from the outside, you feel like they have everything in the world that they could ever want.、Mm-hmm. But on the inside, that's just not how, that's not how they feel, you know?、Mm-hmm. And maybe in, in a way, they almost feel trapped in that world, you know? As a, as a musician, I know a lot of kind of creative people. And I think people like in like music, acting, they tend to be more sensitive, you know, to like emotional issues. And I know a lot of people with like anxiety or people who feel, often feel like trapped. For certain reasons that they can't change for fear of disappointing other people. So that's kind of something I, I'm curious about、um, in Mirasan's case. Is, is it, he appeared successful, but he, he wasn't himself happy. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's true, but he was telling like, some of his like, close friends that he wants to、uh, quit acting.、Mm. And、uh, I saw somewhere that he wants to like, become a, a palmer or something in, a, in the countryside of Japan. Oh, wow. That's cool.、Mm. That's respectable. I yeah. Mean, I mean, he seems like a very like, simple,、mm. simple minded, like, nice person. Yeah. Very down to earth. Yeah, that's a real shame. I mean, maybe he felt like he, he couldn't achieve that dream. Being as famous as he was, imagine if he just started a farm, then people would just be like coming to his farm all the time. Yeah. And being obnoxious and, right, and right. Like, invading his privacy. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe he thought he could never return to a normal life. Maybe. I guess he never really had a normal life, did he? If he started at the、I、age、guess. of seven. Yeah. So it's, it's,、um, it's tragic news.、Um, and, you know, our thoughts go out to the family of Murasan and to his fans. And yeah, I hope that we don't have to talk about news like this again in the future. Hope so too. So, on to something slightly more uplifting for our final story of the week. Last Thursday, in an incredible feat, An 82 year old grandma in Hiroshima Prefecture successfully fended off a wild bear by punching it and then knocking it down. Rumiko Sasaki was busy doing her yard work on the evening of July 16th when she stood up to suddenly see a black bear in front of her. According to her, once she stood up, the bear attacked her immediately, going for her face. In the ensuing struggle, she said she thinks she managed to strike the bear in the face and send it flying back. The bear then fled after being defeated. Asian black bear populations have been decreasing over years due to poaching and conflicts with farmers. According to Rumiko's local hunting association, there have been over 250 black bear sightings, but this is the first case of an attack. The association recommended having a cell phone or even a bell close by when walking through the habitat of these bears. So, this woman is amazing. 
she defeated a bear. I like to think she like absolutely obliterated the bear. I don't know exactly <laughs> what happened. And it sounds like from her recollection, she's not really sure. I'm sure she's like, just like rattled from like adrenaline and shock. And she's just glad to be alive. But what a badass mm. this, uh, this woman is. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely most random, like funniest news of the week, right? Mm. And remember a while ago, we talked about uh, Gamer Grandma on, on our show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like she's like a 90-year-old lady uh, playing Call of Duty or, you know, Resident Evil and all other gun shooting yeah. and horror games on a, on a daily basis and, mm. you know, uploading her uh, the playing videos on you know, YouTube. Sure, sure. And I just, you know, kind of like uh, so kind of a, like resemblance in this story. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. What, like badass, like uh, grandmas. <laughs> yeah, but in, in case of this lady, she fought with a real bear. That's it, yeah. It's not a video game, but yeah. she wasn't like going across the Wild West in Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> she like actually got attacked by a bear. Yeah. That's crazy, isn't it? And no matter what, like, uh, it's true that, like, uh, she was, her face was scratched mm. by, by the bear. But somehow, like, uh, yeah. whether she punched or, you know, screamed or, you yeah. know, did, did everything she could, you know, the, the bear, it wasn't her, but the bear, uh, which fled. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously she, she didn't damage the bear because bears are huge, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of animals like that, a lot of mammals have very sensitive noses. Because right, mm. they could, they have a very good smell, right? Right. But on the the downside is that if they get hit in the nose hard, it shocks them quite bad. Imagine, I mean, even for humans, right? We don't really mm. have a very good smell, but when you get hit in the nose, it really hurts, right? Right. Compared to like being punched in the arm or something mm. like that. So maybe she she just got a lucky hit in, you know? Maybe she hit it somewhere else. It would have just carried on attacking her. Possibly. Yeah. You know? But you know, she or- could be like a black belt karate master. She she landed that punch. She knew exactly what she was doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> like, um, uh, do you know a legendary like American karate martial artist who had a nickname called Kumagoroshi? No, I don't. And but can you guess like what Kumagoroshi means? Uh, Kumagoroshi, I guess. Kumagoroshi. Like, uh, it's like Karosu Gorosu. Yeah, like and you know Kuma. bear killer. Yeah, yeah, bear killer, bear killer. Oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think the the guy's name was like Willie Williams. So yeah, this guy's got like uh, six feet, like seven inches height. Oh wow, he's huge. He's a bear himself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and as a matter of fact, on a Japanese TV show, mm. he once fought with a black bear. Oh wow, and he didn't lose. I I don't think he he killed a bear. <laughs> But he he didn't lose. I mean, I would consider not being killed by a bear a victory. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> if I fought a bear, I would be dead mm. instantly. I mean, I I didn't watch the show, so I'm not yeah. sure like ex- exactly how it went. Yeah. But after the show, his nickname has become Kumagoroshi. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that that kind of feels like something you couldn't really do nowadays. He's like bait a bear on life to, <laughs> right, to right. fight, fight a karate champ. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's inter- it did happen. So, you know, you know, it's already been done. It's mm. very interesting to hear. But for this grandma, she, mm. she was attacked by the the bear. Yeah. You know, it wasn't the TV show or anything. And a wild bear. Yeah, wild right. bear. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Crazy. And so maybe like uh, we should grant her a title of uh, Kumagoroshi yeah. or something like that. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or like... Uh, Karoshi grandma, k- k- killer grandma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I saw the, the news footage 
of this woman mm. and yeah she she wasn't big or anything yeah of course <laughs> well, i mean yeah most i mean japanese people as a, as a whole tend to be shorter right mm. especially women mm. compared to like age, oh, uh, of that that age yeah especially. compared to western countries i guess uh, average mm. height and stuff mm. but yeah most like 80 plus year old japanese women are tiny mm. they're like hobbits usually <laughs> so this, this makes me even more impressed but she's from your hometown right hiroshima yeah but um i i just checked the, the exact like location oh, okay and it's the northern part of uh hiroshima which yeah. is a very like countryside oh, okay so i've never seen a single like uh, wild bear <laughs> in my life yeah but she's still like hiroshima jin right she, so she is you yeah feel yeah, proud yeah. that she's uh, yeah your, exactly yeah your blood. <laughs> i am honored yeah <laughs> So for anyone that's not aware of kind of Japanese countryside rules, um, bears are actually not super rare. They're not super common, but you can run into them from time to time. So I was, I was, uh, I was hiking uh, on the Nakasendo last year in Nagano, um, and it's an old kind of trade route that goes through the mountains. Uh, and there's lots of signs that warn for bears, but actually along the route, there's actually like bells hanging up. And there's a big, uh, big sign that says like, Kiken, uh, Kuruma, <laughs> which is like danger, like bears. And uh, it's like a school bell. And it just says to like, if a bear comes near you, just ring the bell oh. really loud. And, you know, that's supposed to scare them off. So, mm. um, yeah, maybe she can get a, a bell installed in her garden just right. to, to keep them away for next mm. time. <laughs> all right. So that wraps it up for all the news stories this episode. Now let's jump into the final segment of the show. Word of the week. Okay, so I'm going to give you a quiz today. Are you ready, Julian? I'm always ready, Yasu. <laughs> I thought so. So you know that we like to shorten words into like two letters or four letters in Japan. Uh, only too well, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I'm going to give you five abbreviated wasei-eigo oh, or oh, wow, Japanese-English okay. words okay. And, and see, you know, if you can guess the original meaning. Sure, okay. Mm. Okay, the first one is... Apple. Apple? Not apple. Yeah. Uh, apple. Something longer. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, that's, that's... You couldn't start me off with an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, okay. No, no, no. Let me... Okay. Um, appointment. Correct. Uh, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, this is very, like, common. In oh, the, really? In, yeah, business scenes. So, for example, like, uh, uh, it's like, uh, hey, like, ha have you got an appointment with uh, with that like company? Oh, okay. Mm. So it, it's used quite often. Oh, okay. But it's more like casual, right? You wouldn't say it to like, you wouldn't call the doctor and say like, I have an apple. It's, or you would? It's uh, it's used in like any like formal or informal oh, okay. formal occasions. Oh, that's good. Mm. I, I don't. I'm not a kind of an appointment kind of guy. I don't really go to like the doctors and stuff and have business <laughs> meetings. So maybe that's why I've never heard this word. But right. all right, first point down, I'm, I'm happy. Okay, so the, the next one is infre. Infre. Uh, um, infrastructure. Infure. Infure. Oh, infura, isn't it? Infrastructure. Um, uh -huh. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, we, or wrong. I mean, like, infura is uh, the word for infrastructure. Yeah, yeah. And what is infure? Yeah, infure inflamed 
Inflation. Inflation. Oh, <laughs> close. Inflate. Oh, yeah. So obvious. Right. God damn it. Is that like um, market inflation? Is like a business term? Or yeah. you could like inflate a balloon? It's not the same meaning. Uh, it's it's only used for, yeah, business or, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good to know. In- inflation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Input it. <laughs> okay. The third one. Interi. Interrogation. Interi. Interi? No, is that wrong? Okay, uh, <laughs> get another. Not my final answer. Uh, intelligence. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's correct. Oh nice. Uh, I guess it's always just like the first sound of the word. That's all I'm thinking. Like, <laughs> what, what English words sound with like interrogation, intelligence? Yeah. And the fourth one. Mm. Demo. Demo. Uh, no, I was, I was going to say demolition, but that's demo, right? Um, mm. Demo. Demographic. The ma. Dem, dem, oh, demographic, right? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do I speak English? I can't remember. <laughs> dem, dermatologist. 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 I don't know. Mm, wrong. <laughs> that, no, okay, damn it. That's hard. It's a shortened form of a demagogue. Demagogue. Oh wow, that's a tr- that's a tricky one. Mm. Yeah, that the word even crossed my mind. Demagogue. Right, and at the same time, it's very common. We we say something like, "Oh, like that that news." Yeah, is like it's demo. So so it's demo, da yo. Things like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you got like two two out two, of four so far. Yeah, two out of four. Okay, the last one, nego. Nego. <laughs> I feel like you're playing a joke on me, Yasu. I want to say negative, but that must be nega, right? Um, nego. Nego. Oh, negotiate. Correct. Ah, yeah. yes. Except that it's more uh, used as a, as a noun than a verb. Oh, so like we had a negotiation. Yeah. Uh, opposed to like, I negotiated. Mm-hmm. So you don't say like nego suru. Oh, yeah, but if you put, like, suru, yeah. then it becomes a, a verb. Oh, yeah, but that's the case with a lot of nouns, right? You could... True, true, true. Right? Yeah, you know well. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Either nego suru or uh, if you want to, like, make it sound a bit more casual, uh, you can also say, like, negoru. Uh, okay. So, for example, like, uh, when your boss asks you, like, uh, how much you spend for the the service, mm. and he thinks that the, the price you paid is too expensive, sure. then he may say like, uh, like, you know, negoru. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. All right, well, uh, that's three out of five. Not bad, I guess. I didn't actually yeah, know, you, I didn't you know passed, any of those words. Say. When you said quiz, I thought maybe I'll just be lucky and know some of them already. But I, I actually didn't. I never would have got demagogue, though. That was impossible. <laughs> yeah, that's that was a. I'm, I'm sure that was a tough one. But... I don't ever use that word in English, so it just didn't even cross my mind. Oh yeah, but at the same time, for some reason, it's like very often used in Japan. Mm, I'll be sure to keep an ear out. Okay, so that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Whichever platform you're listening on, make sure that you're subscribed for a new episode every single week. Thanks for listening, everyone. We are releasing new videos on our YouTube channel, Blue Tokyo. So find us there. So stay healthy, stay safe, everybody. And next time you're in the shops, make sure you do some nego and get yourself a good deal. Be sure to check back next week for the very next episode of This Week in Japan. Mm-hmm.